Okay, hello friends, and welcome back to another exciting Habura Public Shiur. We are back with and Chacham Verdugo, and we're going to be exploring the sources of our Berachot, um, who, who instituted them, which ones are instituted, um, and uh, this was a very much requested, and there's a lot of excitement around this topic. It actually blew up on all of our uh, discussion boards, um, so we're all very excited for this. Um, just wanted to let everyone know that um, on top of the public shooting that we put out, the Chabura has a membership model. So I highly recommend everyone checking that out and becoming a member and taking advantage of all our shiurim uh, that we have. We have two a week, we have live events, we have journal, publishing house. So I highly recommend everyone join that and also become a member and join our discussion groups and our discords. Uh, so with that, we're very excited to have you back, Haram. And the floor is yours. Thank you so much. I'm happy to hear that's a it's a exciting topic, and that you guys have been talking about it. Um, for me, I've always been fascinated by this topic. There's always much debate amongst the post game about the different berachot. We're not going to talk about the reason why Hachamim enacted the berachot. I'm sure everybody's familiar with that. Birkat Hamazon is probably the only concept from the Torah, the Oraita. There are some who want to say it's also Birkata uh, Torah as well, and perhaps also from the Shiva Mimi, the Shiva Minim. However, simple, simply, everybody agrees for sure that Birkata Mazon, the concept of blessing after you eat, is from the Torah, but every other type of Biracha is a rabbinic enactment. And of course, simply, the reason behind this enactment is to always connect us on a very high level. It's just connect us constantly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, bring him into our lives as Jews that follow rabbinic law. It's probably one of the most <laughs> encompassing halachot, almost everything you do, because you know most of the time we're eating or we're sleeping. Everything you do, there's a beracha before and after. Um, so it really is a very important topic to really know the history behind it, the source behind it. And like had said, you know, who has the authority and power to make these berachot? And on top of it, can we change the berachot that were enacted? So I'm going to share my source screen, my source sheet with you guys. Although Sina said I didn't have to make a source sheet, I was going to try to not make one, but I just couldn't resist. Um, so let me forward it. Oh, if you, you forward it to everybody. Okay, let me just share my screen. All righty, so let's jump into the sugiya. Let me move you guys to a different screen. Okay, so the Gemara in Berachot it tells us that the Anshei Keneset Hagedola tiknu lahem liser Berachot tefilot kedushot vehavdalot. The Anshei Keneset Hagedola, which were as the Rambam in in uh, his Hagdama, I think it's Halacha seven, he brings down that the Anshei Keneset Hagedola was started with Ezra. And it went all the way till Shimon Atzadik, I believe. And uh, yeah, it went to Shimon Atzadik. And, uh, and, and there was a member, it was 120 members, and they were the ones that instituted the Berachot, uh, other things as well. But our focus is it started by them. The Gemara Berachot in Daf Mem, if we go to the next source, it says this is regarding changing the Nusach. Before we get into the actual who can create new berachot or who has the power to? Simply from this gemara, it sounds like the Anshik and they were the ones that initiated it. Could other people also make berachot? We don't know. 
We're going to see what the Rishonim say. But regarding changing what they say, so there's a machloket in the Gemara Berachot Daf Mem Amudbet, and it says Ra'apat ve'amar. You see bread and you say Kamanaepatzo. How beautiful is this bread? Baruch Hamakom Shebara. What? Thank Bless be Hashem who created it. Yatsa. So the first Gemara, the first Manda Amar says you actually fulfill the Hayuv that the Anshikinesed Gedola did that you have to make a Beracha. Ra'ateena ve'amar. You say same thing. You saw a fig. How beautiful is the fig? The fig. Yatsa. That's Shitat Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir sounds like you can change the Nusach of the Beracha or the Nusach. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Kol HaMishaneh Mimatbeah Shetavu Hachamim Beberachot, Lo Yatsa Yedechovato. So Rabbi Yossi, anybody who changes the formulation that the Hachamim established in the Berachot, Lo Yatsa Yedechovato, you did not fulfill the, the mitzvah, the rabbinical mitzvah of reciting a Beracha. You changed what they told you to say. You change the formulation, you do not get any mitzvah. Now we have another Gemara, if you go back to Daf Yud Amur Aleph in Berachot. It says regarding the Berachot of Shema. So, in the morning of in Shema, for the Berachah in the morning, you do two Berachot before and one afterwards. And at night time, two before and two after. One is, is going to be long. One is going to be short. So we'll see what that means. But now, this is very fundamental. Whenever, let's say, the hahamim established the beracha in a lengthy way, which you expound upon, you expand it, you're not allowed to shorten this beracha. Let's say vice versa. If it's the opposite, if it's a short, hahamim told us this is a short beracha, you cannot lengthen that beracha. Lachtom. If they told us you have to put a hatima at the end, which means you end it off with a beracha, right? Some berachot they have a beginning beracha and an end beracha. Some only have a beginning and don't have an end. Some only have an uh, an end and not a beginning. So if it's like that, you can't switch the formulation of where a beracha of shemu malchut should be. Right? The Gemara as well tells us the Mishnah tells us that uh, of course any beracha that doesn't have shema shem in it, the shemu malchut, it's not considered a beracha. So that's what we're referring to, the Hatima of in the, 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 the beginning of the Beracha. So now we're going to go to the Shunim, Harambam. The Rambam, in two places, he talks about this. Once, he talks about it in Hilchot Kiryat Shema. That's the first time he mentions the concept of the Berachot and the, the Surah, the formation of them. And then also in Hilchot Berachot, of course, which is its proper place. So the more lengthy version is in Hilchot Shema. And he, because that's pretty much where the Gemara, the Mishnah as well in Berachot was talking about it was going off of the Berachav Shema. So he says, Berachot elu imshar kola berachot ha'aruchot bifi kol Yisrael. So the Berachot, these ones, along with all the other Berachot. Bifi kol Yisrael. Ezra HaSofer u'beidinot tiknu. Tiknu. So Ezra HaSofer, who was the, the, the beginning of the Anshe Kinesa de Gedola. Interesting, like the, the Gemara uses Anshe Kinesa de Gedola. He says Ezra, which if you go back to what the Ramam said in Hagdama, is that that Ezra, he's referring to the Anshei Knesset Gedola. Uh, even, of course, later authorities passed Ezra. So him and his Beidin, they, they established the Berachot. So this is very important words. You're not, a person is not allowed to lessen the Berachot, the amount of Berachot, and not add to them. So right away, Harambam is telling you 
that the berachot come, come from the Anshikinist of the Gedola, we are not allowed to remove or add to them. Strictly, we must follow their formations and not make any of our own or, of course, delete any of theirs. And then he repeats what we said uh, in the Mishnah about changing the surah, the formation of it. Now, if you go to Hilchot Berachot, he says, All of the formation of the Berachot, again, he repeats, Ezra and his Beidin uh, formated them, made, for, uh, uh, created them. And a person is not allowed to change them. This is very important, Lashon. It says you're not allowed to change them, not add to them, add to the actual, here he's talking about the actual formation of that Beracha. And you can't remove, take any way away, anything away from that beracha. Now he says, so first he says, it's not fitting. That's his dashon. It's not fitting for a person to change them. And then he says, and anybody who changes the formulation of the berachot that they, they establish, you are a mis- making a mistake. And of course, you wouldn't be yotze with the beracha. So the case of Mishnah, he points out in this last halachav, from the Rambam, he asked, like, why in the beginning he writes, which means it's not fitting for you to change them. And then, then he writes, and if you did change them, you're, you make a mistake. It's completely like you didn't do it, the, do the beracha. Therefore, you have to do it again. So the Kesev Mishnah makes two types of berachot. There's, there's two types of mistakes, pretty much. So the first type of mistake is where you're actually saying, the actual nosach of the hachamim. However, you're saying it in different words. So you, you, you have the basic formulation. However, you're changing, you're substituting certain words or enhancing it somehow. So that, you shouldn't change them. But if you did change them, it's not going to be a, uh, it's not going to uh, uh, make you not be yotzeh, the, the mitzvah, the beracha. However, there's a second type of, of, of a type of change and that's where the Ramam says, you're, you're, it's as, as if you didn't make the Beracha. And that's where you actually are changing the Kavanah of the Beracha. Meaning, for example, in our Gemara we brought down, is that if you say, according to Rabbi Meir, Baruch HaMakom Shebarai, uh, you just say a basic uh, a Beracha, and uh, it's a Beracha Kolelet, which is, means it's encompassing many things without spe- specifying Hamotzi. Let's say we're eating bread, you didn't specify Hamotzi, you just said, Hashem, you are so great, you made all food. So that's changing, really, the formulation, completely changing on a higher degree. And therefore, that's considered bito'eh, according to the Kesed Mishnah. That's where, they're, according to the Rambam, you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be yotze at all. You'd have to redo it again. Fine. So that's the two differences of the, of the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Rambam in Hilchut Berachot. And again, just to recap, I brought it in the source and the, on, on number one on the bottom, on the footnote, is that Hilchot Kiryat Shema, he's really telling us that you're not allowed to add to the Berachot or remove from all the berachot that were enacted by the Anshe Knesset de Gedola. And in Hilchot Berachot, he's just telling us you can change the formulation of each specific beracha, each unique specific beracha. So it's important to note that. So now, of course, we have many other Rishonim that agree that you're not allowed to change the formulations of the berachot. You have the Sefer HaChinuch, follow, he quotes the Rambam. And then... He also, he talks about something that we should kind of ask ourselves is that, what do you mean? The Gemara says that, uh, you know, the first Beracha for, was Moshe Rabbin for Bikat Amazon. Moshe Tiken Bikat Hazan, Yoshua Bikat Aretz, Yoshua did the second Beracha. So uh, how could it be that Ezra was mitaken all these Berachot? But, you know, the Gemara tells us, or the Mishnah tells us that it was done by other 
by uh, Moshe Rabbeinu Yoshua, etc. David Shlomo. So how could that be? And then also we have a Tov Metiv also that came even later. So he says, no, that the Hachamim or Ezra and his Bedin, they, or sorry, Michila, the Yoshua Moshe Rabbeinu, they created a certain a concept, a basic concept, the Ikar Inyan, the basic concept. However, the actual formulation of what word should go here, there, this, that, and of course, the Baruch etc., that was Ezra Ubedin. And of course, you can't change any part of it. And anybody who changed it is a to'eh. They're making a mistake. So now we actually recorded this last week. Whoever was with us last week, we talked about the famous uh, addition into the Birkat Shema on Shabbat regarding Hakol Yaducha, Bikol Yishbahucha. We talked about it has the interesting how it, it how they interpret how the sun used to go below the Rekia and then through the Rekia above the Rekia during the nighttime. And so we, we quoted this shortly that Rav Shalom, uh, Rav David Shalush quoted him, and it's Rav Yehuda Barceloni, and his Sefer Haitim. He writes there that, of course, anybody who changes any of these things is completely going against the Hamim. We'll quickly read it inside, it's important. He says already, imagine this. He's fighting against the Minhag of everybody. He says, Rov Mekomot, most places. They go on on Shabbat, they add this addition, etc. And then they finish off the Beracha like the regular Nosach of the Shema during the weekday. Right? And just a background information, of course, if you open up the Sidur of Harambam or any, or the other, most other Geonim as well, they don't make any Chiluk, any difference between Shabbat for the Berachot of Shema and during the weekday. So he says, Vaham Milta. So he says, believe it or not, this is actually brought down. This shinui, this change was introduced in the Sidur of Amram. Most of you should know the Nusach Hashkenaz usually is, is more similar to the uh, to Rav Amram Gaon. And he says, and this is how everybody's following. So says, you know, Rabbi Yehuda Barceloni, probably in the 11th century, 10th century, Spain. In Catalonia, he's he's saying, I think it's Catalonia. He's saying this minhag, even though he's arguing with the Geonim, Rav Amram Gaon, there is no source for this minhag. It's a mistake. Right, because we only find that the Hamim told us to mention Shabbat in the fourth beracha, So the fourth beracha of the Amida. And as well as in Birkat Amazon and Bonei Ushalayim. And anybody who mentions anything about Shabbat and any other Berachah is a mistake. So we'll continue going past this. But uh, he's learning. And then just important, he says, So he's saying, this is actually very strong. Somebody who adds these, which we all pretty much do now, unless you're praying from a different Sidur. Again, I'm not sure about the Spanish Portuguese if they added this, but anybody who adds these additions, according to uh, pretty much most people nowadays, he's saying you did not fulfill your chiyuv of saying the berachot of Shema in the morning if you're adding these things which our Sidurim have nowadays because you changed the nature of the formulation of the beracha. So you see how extreme he took it is that even any small manipulation of the beracha causes you to lose out on fulfilling the obligation of reciting that beracha. 
fine. However, you have Sefer Abatim, Rab David de Estrella. He was uh, in a Provence, from Provence, and he had a yeshiva there. And many Sfaradim also went to Provence to study under him. He writes, So he comes out, he's saying, listen, Barcelona, he says that, okay. But this is already a minhag that's already spread amongst everybody, amongst all communities. And he says, I heard that this was established by the geonim, the early geonim, and who received it from the Amoraim. And therefore, we shouldn't change it. So that's already one defense for it. Again, Rabbi Yudha Barcelona, he didn't care that there was already the Minhag, and he didn't care to argue with the Geonim. Hatur, the Torah brings it down. He says, this is a different halakha. Regarding, this is actually very common amongst Moroccan, probably other North African communities as well. And uh, for sure in Ashkenazi, I'm not sure if they still do it nowadays. I haven't prayed Ashkenazi on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. But in Moroccans, they do it for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It says, It was the, the Beit Yosef explains that certain tefillot that they would uh, add in during the Berachot of Kirat Shema. So he says, So it says the tour that you should not uh, make these interruptions in the Shema. He also was against it. You're changing the matbeah. And the Ramah, he quotes the Ramah that he was asked on this question. The Ramah is Rav Moshe Abu Lafia or Halabi Abu Lafia. He was one of the first uh, Rabbanim against Harambam with the whole Rambam controversy. It says, He was asked about this question and he responds back. Yes, it's forbidden to make these interruptions. And it says, it says in the, we learn in the Talmud that it said whenever, or in the Mishnah, whenever Hachamim said it's a long beracha, you can't shorten it, or vice versa as well, which means they're looking, they're taking this very, very literal. You cannot change, even adding one word, well, it would be le'arich, or removing one word, of course, would be le'katsir. So therefore, you're not allowed to do that. And again, he brings in, So again, if you do these things, you're not yotze dechiyuv. Right, so according to them, they wouldn't be very happy with what uh, us Moroccans do or or any other communities what they do on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. Harambam, the Rambam, they asked him the Hahamim or people asked him. I don't know who, where was from, who asked him, but in a tishuva, the Rambam, they asked him. They asked him, can we stop in the Shema before or after the Shema, which means in the Berachot of Shema, to add in some nice piyutim, some nice songs that uh, were written by great authors or paitanim. So he says, Teshuvah, He says, to make any interruption is a complete mistake. The panim There's no way that you can actually allow this. And for sure, in the Berachot, you cannot. So again, the Rashba, the Rambam was against it. So now, what about those who allowed it? So we have Harashba, I think, was one of the first ones to defend the Minhag. Again, this is, you know, people always want to say that the Rambam followed Minhag Geonim. You know, the Rambam here is going against Minhag Geonim. The Geonim were adding these things. At least we saw from Aram Gaon. Of course, it's very hard to say all Geonim are one school of thought. You have so many different Geonim with different personalities and different shitot and different halachot, uh, different psakim. So 
the Rashba, he was defending the practice, which happened to be a, a very common practice. You see, everybody's talking about it. It was a hot topic, just like this topic was in the Habura chat. So it was a very hot topic back then. And he says, so that that we said, you're not allowed to change the length of the berachot. So he's uh, this is in a novel interpretation. He's saying it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to change to to shorten and lengthen the actual text of the beracha, which means you can't increase or decrease the words, the, the amount of words in the beracha. Why? This is a beautiful proof, actually. The imken. Because if that was the case, then the Hachamim, Hazal, they should have gave us pretty much a printout, a handout of every single Beracha and what words have to go inside of it. Right? Anybody who's reading the Gemara, sometimes it's just very mikatserid. It brings the Beracha and it quotes it, the three, four words, and that's it. And you don't know the rest of the Beracha. And that's why almost every Sidur is, has such different texts because we're all lost in which Beracha is the proper Beracha. Again, this is one school of thought. There's an opposite school of thought. You could say is that no, there was really one Sidur and we just lost it. And Harambam actually tried his best to find what's the real Nosach. You know, he got the, the Girsaot of the Temanim and then he changed a lot of his previous types of Tifilah that he used to pray. So that school of thought that no, there was really one type of Tifilah with every single word precise. And therefore, that and we must follow that, and we must try to reconstruct that to the best of our ability. But the Rashba is saying that no, we don't have such a thing like that. And therefore, he says they should have gave us a, a handout with every single type of text. Right? Tell, teach us that the formation of each and every beracha. And we don't find that anywhere. And we actually only find. Sometimes certain Gemara, they talk about what words are very important and crucial for the Beracha. For example, kol shelo amar berit ba'aretz, or shelo isken malchut bedavid. Right in Birkat Amazon, Hachamin tells us, if you don't say berit, you're not going to be yotzeh. If you don't mention malchut bedavid in that Beracha, the Birkat Amazon, you're not going to be yotzeh the Beracha. So therefore, he says, but for all the other Berachot, we don't have any, you know, we're, we're kind of lost. So therefore, he holds that you're allowed to add and remove certain words. There's not any defined structure that we are bound to in regard to that. So therefore, he says, uh, and, and actually a beautiful proof as well, not only that, explicitly the Hamim told us for the Amidah, the Shemona Esrei, that you're allowed to actually, you're allowed to pray or you're allowed to add uh, whatever you want regarding each and every beracha of the Amidah, right? Of course, within that context, we're talking about Rafa'in Wamona, you're allowed to actually add in, you know, supplications regarding Rifu'ah for people. You're allowed to add certain things in that, in each and every beracha. So it says, So rather, he says, there's no hakpada. We're not so particular about each and every word. Rather, what does it mean, the formulation that we, are, we have to be stringent on, we're not allowed to change? He says, Meaning, saying, all that means is very simply, we cannot, if a beracha starts with baruch, right? It starts with the baruch, it ends with one. So you cannot remove that baruch from the beginning and just only keep the ending. You have to keep that structure. So he's saying only the, the, out, the outside general 
structure of each beracha is what you must keep, but the words inside, you can play around. Fine. The Ritva as well, he, the Ritva, he has a different, uh, a different take on it. He says, he's like this, Again, he brings in that, that custom that we, they would say different berachot in Kirat Shema. He says, but why is that okay? He says, because we, would, we don't always have these additions in the beracha. We only have them on special occasions. On Shabbatot, we would add certain piyutim in, uh, etc. Or on Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah, he doesn't mention that. But so he's saying is that when hachamim were against changing the structure of the beracha, that was referring to permanent changes. But when you're just, you know, every now and then changing a little bit, that's okay because you're always going back to the original structure. Fine. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I just brought another tissue on the bottom before when I mentioned the, the, the Rambam arguing on the Geonim. The, the, the Geonim, they have a lot of different uh, team as well that they would sing on Shabbat or mention on Shabbat. And the Rambam was very negative this minhag because they're they're mentioning things that are bakasha and you're not allowed to ask, request things on Shabbat. So he held, he argued with all the Geonim and he said, don't, don't or not all the Geonim, but whatever Geonim that would sing these things on Shabbat. And he said, don't mention these things. Fine. Shulchan Aruch, halach lemaase. What does the Shulchan Aruch posek like? Like the Rambam. Yesh mekomot shemafsikim beberachot kirat shema lomar piutim. Says there are certain locations, communities that they have these different interruptions of adding songs into the shema, into the berachot of shema. Ve'nachalim noah milomra mishum dehave hefsek. It's proper to not to refrain from doing these things because it is considered an interruption. Okay, so that. Is how the Shulchan Aruch posek. Nowadays, some, like I mentioned, some communities go like the Rashba, the Ritva, and uh, others, Hamovadia, was very strict to go like the Shulchan Aruch simply and like the Rambam, not to change. So that's on a high level regarding the actual structure of each Beracha. What about, now this is the, the more juicy stuff, what about adding new Berachot? So we mentioned that one Rambam above, that in Hilchot, uh, was it in Shema? Sorry, it was in Hilchot Berachot. No, Hilchot Shema. That, uh, oh no, I was wrong. Hilchot Kiryat Shema, right? En Adam Rashai Lefchot Mehem Velo Leosif Alehem. In Hilchot Shema, he says you're not allowed to add or decrease from the Berachot. Simply, you can't make post Talmudic, let's say, Berachot, or maybe post Amoraic. Amoraic, is that how you said? I'm not sure. Fine. So, we're going to first look at one Beracha of what we all know, which uh, you can ask many people and they're not going to really know so much about this, but the, the source of the Beracha of Ner Shabbat, right? We all, pretty much everybody nowadays says the Beracha, Lalik Ner Shabbat. So where is the Mekor for this, right? So if you open up the Rambam in Mishra Torah, of course, everybody admits that there is a Hayyuv to have, to light a candle, to light lights for Shabbat. You know, we have a whole Mishnayot about it, but what about the source for reciting an actual beracha? So it says the Rambam, you just read the Rambam, before you light, you have an obligation to, to, to recite a beracha, right? This is Shittat Rambam or Shittat Talmud, simply, is that you always have to recite the beracha before you do the action. So it says before you, he says, you have an obligation to make the beracha before you light. Right? Right, that's what I'm sure everybody says. Maybe there's different. I don't know. Not that I'm aware of, but that's the thing. Fine. 
And he says, Just like you have to make a beracha for anything that is obligated rabbinically, which is interesting why the Rambam had to add that in here. But uh, he adds that, you know, there's other berachot he mentions. He doesn't mention these, this extra wording. Just like you have to say, recite for every other beracha, for every other mitzvah, the Rabbanan. So now going into the historical analysis of the beracha of Shabbat, if we, I, I, I found in Rabbi uh, Ratzon Arusi, which is, uh, he gave beautiful shiurim in the Haburan for the Hebrew, um, the Hebrew uh, part. Division, that's whatever. He says, and he has in a, there's a journal called Sinai. And there he goes through a whole thing regarding the Beracha of Ner Shel Yom Tov. What about lighting candles on Yom Tov? So first of all, that itself isn't so clear. It's not brought down anywhere in the Mishnah, anywhere in the Talmud, and anywhere in the Geonim, believe it or not. To write, to, to, to even have Berachot, or to even have Halakad Ner for Yom Tov, it's not found in the early Geonim, of course, and everything above that. So regarding when he's discussing that, he goes into the whole concept of even Ner Shabbat. So here, I just brought his words here. Let's read it through. He says, The first mention of a Beracha for Shabbat, for Ner Shabbat, is in the Sidur of Rav Amram Gaon. So the first time we find it is Rabbi Amram Gaon. And then after in a later Sefer of, uh, in the Hilchot Gedolot, which is also from the Geonim, he also, he ruled that you have to, in the name of Rabbi uh, Natrona Gaon, that you must recite the Beracha when you're doing the candles for Shabbat. So, so this is Rav Arusi saying, from this we can learn, during their time, during the days of the Geonim, there was a doubt if you even have to recite a Beracha for Ner Shabbat. This doubt never stopped. We're going to see why that happens, why or how did that continue not to stop. And he says the nosach of the beracha of Ner Shabbat, it was different than what we actually do uh, nowadays. Um, for example, for example, in the Sidur of Sad Yagaon, you go down a little bit, we have the text is Lifnei, she says right there, I, I added this in uh, from the actual Sidur, Lifnei Shikyata Hama Biyom Shishi Chova Shalik Ner, Kol Shabbat. Every Shabbat you have to, of course, obligation to recite a, uh, to, uh, to light a candle. And he says, this is very important, And most of us recite a beracha, Shabbat. So Rav Sadia Gaon is telling us, most of us do, but some of us don't. So again, you see back then that there was uh, not so, it wasn't so uh, uh, obvious to everybody to make a beracha and unanimous uh, to make a beracha. Right, so that's what Rav uh, Rusi, he points out. Um, Right, so he says, He says, even though everybody, most people started doing the beracha, however, it wasn't so clear if it was just a minhag, this beracha was on a minhag, right? It's a whole other shiur if, can you make a beracha on a minhag? Or is it a halacha, that no, this halacha, this beracha was enacted by the hachamin. So he says, only to Rav Shiribah Gaon or Rav Ha'i Gaon, 
in the Teshuvot Geonim, they actually establish it like it's a halacha and not just a minhag. However, so the Geonim, they were living in the opposite side of the planet. And uh, then you had the Chochmei Provence, the Ashkenazim, and, uh, and the, the Balet Tosafot, had, they continued this machloke even past the Geonic era. Right? So, for example, where he says, in Sarfat, we see this machloket, it was a burning machloke, it was a fiery discussion regarding, do you make a beracha for Ner Shabbat, Ner Shabbat. Rabin Utam, he says that you should make the beracha. However, he argued with Rabbeinu Mishulam that was very against making the beracha. Again, because you don't find it anywhere in Shas. And he said that to Rabbi Eliyahu Paris, these were great geonim of Ashkenaz, of Safat, or Provence, that they did not make the beracha. Right? And even, he says, a hundred years after Rabbi Utam, we still find that in Sarfat, they were annoyed like Rabbi Utam. However, there were some still that did not, did not go like Rabbi Utam. They went like Rabbi Meshulam, for example. For example, he says in Sefer Amudei Gola, which is called Mitzvot, Mitzvot Katan, uh, it says, Right, a hundred years later, past Rabbi Utam, it was still Machloket. Do you bless? Some Hachamim said you make the Beracha on Ner Shabbat and others say you don't. However, he says, the Minag already became like Rabbi Utam in Be'artzen or in Be'eretz Azot. Fine. So therefore, he just, he, he, we're not going to go into this too much, but he talks about how he makes the Kalvachomer. If it was a Machloket by Shabbat, you know, Kalvachomer by Halakat Ner for Yom Tov, which you don't find anywhere in the Talmud, and like we mentioned, the Geonim. Um, of course, in the Rambam as well, does not mention making a Beracha on Yom Tov for the Ner Yom Tov. And a simple reason, just think, what, what's the reason before behind Ner Shabbat? Ner Shabbat, the reason is because the Gemara says, Shalom Bayit. Simply, you want Shalom Bayit. However, on Yom Tov, <laughs> There's not a problem of Shalom Bayit. Why? I mean, of course, there's a problem with Shalom Bayit. But there's not a problem that can come to have problems with Shalom Bayit. Why? Because you can just, you need fire. Ma'avir Esh. Yom Tov, you're allowed to be Ma'avir Esh. So what's the point of Hahamim enacting Halakar Ner Shal Yom Tov when you could just, on Yom Tov, you don't have to make any preparations. You, you need a fire, you need light. Oh, no problem. Continue that light from a different fire. Or move the fire around. It's not Mukse. It's not a problem. So that's... Uh, on that. So now, in the Tishu Water of Kafech, I found something fascinating. He goes into the reason, the whole question, a big question that everybody is dealing with all the time. Can you make the Berachah of Lalikneshah Shabbat on Hashman, on electricity? Right? This is always a very, very common question. He brings down Rav Haller, Haller, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly. He says that you can make the Berachah on, ner, on, ner, on Hashman, you can make Lalikneshah Shabbat, not a problem. And he brings down Hamobadi as well. Held that you could do that as well. However, he says this is actually in the comments of the Teshuvah. Uh, I put the shoot away. But in the shoot of, of Rav Kafech, his Talmud, he writes, he says, mari, according to my, my Rabbi, Rav Yosef Kafech, The reason why, this is fascinating, the reason why the Beracha was enacted for Lalik Nershel Shabbat was in order to fight against the Karaim, the Karaites. Because they understood what the Torah mentioned. You're not allowed to have fire in all your 
in where you live on Shabbat, that you're not allowed to have fire that's lit. You can't have an active fire. Even if you lit it before Shabbat, you can't have an active fire on Shabbat. Right? They would sit in the dark on the entire Shabbat, on, on nighttime. <laughs> so now look at Kafa, he says beautifully, he says, and according to the Karaim, Hashmal, electricity is not considered fire. So therefore, when you're going to light the Berakha, or you're going to make the Berakha for the Ner Shabbat, you need to have a real fire. You can't use electricity. So Rav Kafa is not getting into what Hahamim wanted. According to Hahamim, which means Chazal in the Mishnah when they enacted to have Ner Shabbat, could be electricity works. However, the Berakha was post-Talmudic. It came in the time of the Geonim in order as a uh, as a result to fight against the Karaim. And therefore, since Karaim don't think Hashmal is considered fire, you cannot use electricity for the mitzvah of Ner Shabbat. Right? He's just repeating what we just mentioned. It talks about you have to have Ner Shabbat for Shalom Bayit, but it doesn't talk about the Beracha. So he just reinforces what we said. It goes against the Karaim. And then he has a whole thing about electricity. If electricity is really fire or not, or he says lighting electricity is just like static. And he says that really wouldn't be uh, ish. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole other very controversial topic on Shabbat. <laughs> but Rav Kafik, very interesting, interestingly, he allows you to like even like touch electric watch on Shabbat and move it around. Uh, meaning like press the buttons, it wouldn't be a problem to him because it's not, uh, whatever, uh, I'm going to get in trouble for them. Okay, anyways. Uh, Rav David Shelush. Rav David Shelush. Of course, you know, I like to bring Rav David Shelush. So a lot of his teshuvot are arguing with, with his good friend, Hamovadi Yosef. And Rav Wadi Yosef, of course, he has a, a very big... Uh, mission statement, not a mission statement, but a very big statement that everybody has to first for Halakha Nerot Shabbat, everybody has to first say the Beracha, like the Rambam said, and then light over Asiyatan. Even though most Faradim, believe it or not, did not have that custom. You go to Morocco, they didn't have that custom. The Kafahin, the Benishai, so many people all around the world. You can ask almost pretty much most, if you're a Sephardic, if you ask your great-great-grandmother, if she's still alive, they didn't. They they did like the Ashkenazim, which is Sefer Bahag, which they would first light and then recite the Beracha. That was the most poshet minhag. It was the most spread across minhag. So Hamuvadia really was against the minhag, and everybody is fighting about should we change our minhag, especially when you're in Eretz Israel, and even if you're not in Eretz Israel, maybe you should change your minhag because perhaps it's the Beracha levatela, right? You're it has to be over lesiatan. You have to first say the beracha and then do the action. Maybe if you don't do it, how can you make? If you switched it, you did the mitzvah and then you're making the beracha. Maybe you don't get the. It's a beracha levatela. It was a brachin, a blessing in vain. So, Rav Ovadia, he brings in Maran Shulchan Aruch, and we're gonna read the lashon of Maran Shulchan Aruch. He says, "Kishi adlik yivarech baruch ata Hashem yokenu melech haolam asher gedishanu mitzvotav zivanu lalik nershel Shabbat." So he says, very interesting, Maran Bet Yosef, he says, he, he left it very ambiguous. Usually you would say, no. Right? Well, that was the Lashon of the Rambam. You make the Beracha and then you like. But Maran Bet Yosef, he left it very ambiguous. He said, that could be before, afterwards. 
Some want to even learn that Maran saying not like Rabbi Badia, Kishiyadlik, which means first you light, Yevarech, then you make the beracha. But simply, he left it very ambiguous. And now comes in Rav David Shalush, and he's arguing with Rav Ovadia. He says, Maran lo Because Rav Ovadia is saying, Safek lehakel, you cannot do like the Sefer Bahag, which means when you first, uh, when you, when you, if the Bahag background information, he says, if you're going to say the beracha and then light, Perhaps through the Beracha, you already accepted Shabbat upon yourself, and therefore you can't do the Melacha anymore. So Rabbi Wadiya tries to push off that shita. He says that there's a few people that had like that, but majority don't hold like that. But however, Maran was very satum. So, and Rabbi Wadiya is saying, we can't go with that opinion. We have to go with like the Rambam shita. So Rabbi David Shalush is saying against Rabbi Wadiya, did Maran know, did not know about this concept of Safek of course he knew that it was a berachalevatala. If, you know, according to the Ramban, that if you're going to not do over la siyatan, it's a problem. So why did Maran, the Shulchan Aruch, Bebet Yosef, how come he didn't push away the shita of the Bahag, which is first you light and then make the beracha? So, so this is beautiful. This is going off what Rav Kafa as well and what, the, what we learned before is that perhaps Rav David Shadush is saying is that we only have this hakpada, this we're very stringent about first doing the beracha and then the action when it's a beracha that we must do minadin, which means from the bet din hagadol, the the anshikenes the gadola when they enacted the beracha, that we have to be very careful with. First say the beracha and then do the action. That's when we say over However, by a beracha that's not from the anshekinesat and there's other people that we serve Rabbeinu Mishulam that you don't even they say you don't even make a beracha on Ner Shabbat. And we have a custom to make a beracha. It's just a custom. So also this is a chidush. He's saying so too the beracha itself. It's just a minhag. Sorry, the, the zman of the beracha, the timing of the beracha. If you're going to do before and afterwards, it's also just a custom. He's saying everybody just take you know, a chill pill. It's just a custom here. Who cares if you're going to make the beracha before or afterwards? It's just a custom. He says, and nobody can say, oh, my custom is better than your custom. And if you're doing it, your custom, that's a beracha levatala. He's saying, we can't play that game here because this is just a custom. Um, actually, I didn't bring it down, but Rav Kafa, he actually brings down that in the Magid Misharim, that the, the, the Beit Yosef as well, he actually held that it's the, he, he hints to that the whole beracha of Ner Shabbat was to get, go against the Karaim as well. So it wasn't just like Rav Kafek inventing this. He brings sources for this. Um, so therefore, he says, those who want, Rav David Shalushi finalizes, he says, those who want to follow the custom of the Bahag, which is the pretty much the universal custom of all Sfaradim, except for recently. Of course, there I'm sure there's exceptions, but most people, maybe if you, I don't know the Syrians, how they were doing it, but I even heard Syrians too as well. They were following like the Bahag, that first they do the, the, the first day light and then do the Beracha. Leave it, no problem, continue it, because we're just dealing with the minhag, so everybody just relax. Again, people, you, I, I hear people making all this diukim from the beracha le'alik ner shel Shabbat, and hachamim, since they made that, the lashon like that, therefore, 
you know, you have to, you can't use hashma because of that. So, I mean, we can't, we can't really bring proofs from the beracha because the beracha itself is a post-Talmudic beracha. So therefore, all Rav Kappa, he has a beautiful nafkamina saying, since the whole point is to fight against the karaim, so therefore we do bring a nafkamina in the beracha itself, which means you have to do it on fire. However, we can't be so meduyak on the beracha itself because it's a post-Talmudic beracha. Fine. So that was Ner Shabbat. Now we're going to go through other couple other berachot that are post-Talmudic. Um, there's really a bunch of them. You have so many. Uh, you have Baruch Shepatrani for the Bar Mitzvah. You have, uh, uh, I, I think Ashkenazim recited Shasali Kirsono, right, for women that they can't say Shalom Asani Isha. So they have a different beracha for them. These are all, you don't find these in the Talmud. But we're going to just focus on a few more that are very interesting. So Birkata Betulim. So this is a very interesting beracha. It's that somebody who married a betula and they had their, their relations on uh, the night of the chupa or whenever it was. According to, even we're going to see soon, but a spoiler alert, according to the Shulchan Aruch, sounds like you actually take a kiddush cup and you make a beracha. Hashem, thank you so much that you gave me a betula, a virgin. So, yeah, the, the Rosh himself brings this beracha down. And he says, at the end, after he brings it, he says, Perhaps this beracha was enacted by the geonim. And he says, you know, first, first do the action, and then afterwards make the beracha. So he, even though usually, you know, over in this case, of course, you know, you don't want to make a beracha levatala. So first find out that she's a betula, she's a, a virgin, and then you make the beracha afterwards. So now the Yamshel Shilomo, right, Rabbi Luria, who was very fierce opponent of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, he, he, talks, he, he, he talks about this beracha. And he, he questions the Rosh. He says, What a astonishment. Since this beracha is not anywhere in the Gemara, it's not anywhere in the Tosefta, any external works of the Hachamim, the Hazal. How can we add a new beracha? And he says on the Rosh, The Rosh himself in Sefer Bechorot, I brought it down on the bottom, in, in Kiddushin as well, he brings it down, that there's another Beracha that people will do, Asher Kiddesh Ubar Imo. Where there was a, they, they do the Pidyon Aben, there's a Beracha that's recited after the whole ceremony. And the Rosh there himself says that we should not make that Beracha. He brings down that the Sfaradim were making it, but Ashkenazim, we don't make that Beracha. This is when he moved to Spain. And uh, so the Rosh himself says, since it's, it's out, it's after the Talmud, it came after the Talmud, we don't have a right to make any Beracha. So the Yamshel Shlomo is asking the Rosh, how can you say to make this Beracha? And you're even admitting that it's Tiknu Geonim, the Geonim did it. You're not allowed to do that, right? He says, uh, he says, the Rosh himself says, If it's Shelo Huskarabi Mishnah, any Beracha that's not mentioned in the Mishnah or in the Tosefta or in the Gemara, you're not allowed to mention that. This is very important. He says, after the sealing of the Talmud of Ravina Rav Ashi, we are not allowed to make new berachot. So he says, So he says, if you want to say it, just don't say Baruch Hata Monai. Just skip Baruch Hata or Baruch Badadadada. Fine. Shulchan Aruch. Again, I, I did the spoiler to look before the, the spoiler before. He says, He says it. You guys can Google the translation for that one. It's very interesting. Uh, 
the Ramah brings down that you should say with a with a kos, with a kiddush cup. Um, and usually the general rules for Shulchan Aruch, when he just brings down the Yeshomrim, most of the poskim nowadays, they hold that that means he didn't find anybody arguing on the Beracha or on this Halacha, and therefore he's really promoting this, that we should do it. He just wrote Ve'yeshomrim because he didn't find it in the Rambam or he didn't find it in other Shittot. But it sounds like he's promoting it. Of course, he, uh, we're going to see Atstira soon in, the, in Shulchan Aruch. The Rambam in Shut Pe'er Hador, so Rav David Yosef, actually the son of Rav Wadia, he published a beautiful set of, uh, or Teshuvot of the Rambam called Pe'er Hador. And he talks, they ask him about this Beracha, they ask Rambam, about this beracha, he says, "Omnam beracha zot anikret birkata betulim." He says, "However, this beracha that you call the blessing of the virgin, harehi beracha levatala beli safek." He says, "For sure, this is a blessing in vain. Kihu davar migune. It's something that's disgusting. Lo yadati lama yisoda velama tiknu ba kiddush. I have no clue why anybody, you know, made this this beracha and why did they establish to have a kiddush cup like the Ramah brought also." The Korinoto Kiddush Abitulim, and they even called it Ah, the Kiddush Abitulim. You know, you have Shabbat Kiddush and you have Kiddush Abitulim. There's nothing more disgusting than this. It's a mistake. He says, and somebody who has any brains to them, do not associate yourself with these type of people. And uh, Moshe, he ends off with his signature. So the Rambam felt that this is a uh, berachah that's, you know, it's, it's a busha for Am Yisrael to make a berachot on these type of things, these lowly things. However, there is a question. I mean, we do in the Ketubah, we talk about betulah, but that's more of a, for a, a value worth. And Mashem can hear you're making a berachah on the fact that you found out that she's a betulah. So the Rambam saying that's, you know, it sounds like more of a, you know, other type of religion. I'm not going to say which religion type of thing, but not ours. Fine. So... Now, another beracha, very, very, very controversial. I heard it's controversial in, uh, in England as well. Birkat hanoten koah. Right, the beracha that I'm sure a lot of people say it in the morning. Again, I'm not sure what the, uh, the Spanish-Portuguese, I have to get one of those sidurim. If somebody can send me a PDF for that. Um, but it, actually, most people say it. Hamuvadi himself says it. Almost every sidur says it. Only the last pretty much people I know of uh, in Morocco that didn't say it are the Hachamim from Meknes, from one city where my great-great-grandparents came from. Um, Rav Shalom Mishash also brought down, not to say this beracha, but this is the beracha that's in our Sidur, in the Birkat HaShachar, in the morning berachot. So it says the Torah brings down that od beracha had yesh Ashkenaz. There's another beracha in the Ashkenazi Sidurim, and it's Hanotel Koah. Right? And he brings the reason behind this. He says, why, why was this beracha created? Because a person... He stores his soul at nighttime in the hands of a Kaddush Baruch Hu after it's tired from working the whole day. And then Hashem gives it back to us fresh and ready to work again. And it's based off the Midrash, Hadashim Lebekarim Rabbi Munatecha, which means, what does the, the Midrash say? That's a Pasuk. He says, Basar When a person, a human, he gives an item, he deposits an item, he lends an item to somebody, he gets it back all worn out and ruined. However, when you give your soul to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you get it back all nice and perfect and uh, fresh again. So that's why, which is very interesting, that based off of Midrash, this Beracha was enacted, which is a whole other topic. You know, how can you make, how do you learn Midrashim and how can you make even Berachot based off Midrashim, which is actually, it's common in the, in the, in the, in the Shita Tosafot, but not so common in other schools of thought. So the Beit Yosef here, 
Remember what the Beit Yosef said by Birkat Betulim. But here he says, He says, yeah, I love the, the reasoning is beautiful that the, the, the Torah brought down. However, since it was not mentioned in the Gemara, I have no clue how anybody can make this Beracha. How can anybody establish this Beracha if it's not written in, if it wasn't brought in Shas, it wasn't brought in the Gemara. And he brings down the Ramban, the Smag, all these other poskim, they didn't bring it down. Uh, and then there's another Beracha, Magbi Shefalim, Magbiya Shefalim, that also that he says not, he's against to do it. So Shulchan Aruch, how is the Shulchan Aruch posek in his, in his book of Codex, in the Shulchan Aruch? He says, Yesh noagin levarecha noten layef koach, ve'en divrehem nirin, says the Shulchan Aruch, people make this Beracha, but it doesn't seem reasonable to do it, and you shouldn't do it. Pretty much she's saying, you should not make this Beracha. However, the Ramah says that in Ashkenaz, in Ashkenaz, they were saying it. Sounds like from Shulchan Aruch, you know, it wasn't a Sfardi Minhag to say the Beracha. Also, regarding other Berachot, he says, don't make other Berachot. It's a Ta'ut Biyadam. People who add other Berachot to the Bikat HaShahar is a mistake. So now we get into a fascinating topic. How did it happen that the, the Beracha Hanoten La'ayef Koah spread amongst the entire Sfardi world as well? So the Chida he brings down in his Sefer Bikei Yosef, is that So nowadays, we recite this Beracha because of the writings of the Arizal. Even though, yes, we accept the teachings of Maran, right? He is our Rabbi. He says that if they are, if Maran, the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, would have seen the reasoning behind the Arizal of why you should make the Beracha, he would have retracted from what he said in the Shulchan Aruch and even make the Beracha. And on top of it, the, the, the Chida brings down that it's the, the Knesset Agedola, which is a rab from Turkey, he writes that people heard, there's a rumor, that Maran Beit Yosef, he was Hozerbo. He retracted from saying not to make the Beracha. And therefore, it's proper to make the Beracha because the Arizal said so. And, uh, and perhaps even Maran retracted from what he said. And this is not like what the Prihadash, the Prihadash said, the Silva, he says, no, you don't make the Beracha. Now, Tov Ayin, another Sefer, he says, this is just defending the, the practice again and, and defending the Berachot that the Arizal did. Right? There's a whole, you know, everybody knows, Safik Berachot Lehakel. And we even say, Afilu Neged Maran. Even against Maran Shulchanar, we do it. However, many poskim hold, let's say you open up the Orlitzion of Abin Sunab Bashul, he says, however, Lo Amrin, and we don't say, Safik Berachot Neged Ha'ariza. When the Ariza says something, no, even if he says the Berachot that's not mentioned in the Talmud, and he says to say it, we say it. Right, and he says, the Tov Ayin, he says, the, the Shulchan Aruch, as well as other Rabbanim, which is pretty fascinating because they were living in the same town in Sfat, but nevertheless, he says, they didn't know how great, one one hundredth of the greatness of the Arizal. And the Arizal died while Maran was alive. And it's possible, he's saying again, it's just theoretically possible that Maran heard from one of the Talmudim of the Arizal that you should make the Beracha and therefore Maran would retract from what he wrote. 
which again is very hard to believe this because uh, you know there, there's many Sfarim uh, that came after Maran that he wrote or different uh, correction that he would have write, written and we don't have that anywhere fine uh, another Sefer Matzat Shimurim he says Right? He says, Rabinu HaKodesh, the, which is the Arizal, he says to make this Beracha because he got it from Ruach HaKodesh. He had Ruach HaKodesh, so therefore, of course, we have to make the Beracha. So now, Yabiya Omer, Chachamovadia. How does Chachamovadia deal with this? So, yeah, Chachamovadia, he really went against the trend of many Sfaradim in their acceptance of the Arizal as a you know, to, to, to not say Safek Berachot Neged Arizal. He didn't hold of this thing, and we're going to see it soon. And he 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 has a problem because at the one hand, he says it, and he says to say it because it's the Minhag, but at the same time, he doesn't like the reason why we say it, which means we say it because the Arizal says to say it. So how does he deal with this stira? So he says, he says like this, this concept or this assumption that, that if the Shukhanaruch, the Beit Yosef, would have seen the words of the Arizal, he would have retracted from his words, he says, this has no, this no, has no strength. Right, even though Arizal was so great and in the hidden of the Torah, the hiddenness, the hidden works of the Torah, and he was, uh, we posek, the Torah is not in heaven. It's here on earth. And where, where, where is the source for this? In all Talmudic law and any of the Rishonim, that we should ditch or abandon the words of the majority of the Rishonim, or the Poskim, and go after the Arizal like it's Halakha Lemoshe Misinai. Right? We don't find this. You know, you do find it, but every only from the works after the Arizal. But we don't find that in anywhere in the, uh, in the early Poskim. So how can we go with this concept? Right? He brings down the Rambam in Pirush Mishnayot that says that even if you have a thousand Nevi'im saying one halacha and, uh, and they're like the, the level of Eliyahu Anavi or Elisha and you have a thousand and one hachamim but not Nevi'im arguing, who do you go like? The thousand and one hachamim versus the thousand Nevi'im that are some of the greatest Nevi'im in the world. Because again, we don't, it's Loba Shamaim here. So therefore he says, so even though the Ariza was so great and he was like Neshav uh, he was like one of the early, we, we consider him to be like the early authority, authorities. Nevertheless, when the Rishonim argue, we go after their words. Now, this is very fascinating. A lot of uh, Sephardi guys maybe get upset about this one. It says, when I say Sephardi, I mean like more Benishai oriented, etc. It says, And if you look at the words that the Igrot Hatanya, which is he brought down Shirabenu Hagra. I think it's also brought down in the Maser Rav as well. And a sefer of... Uh, of uh, these are all Talmidim of the Gaon de Vilna. He says that the Rabbeinu Hagra lo haya ma'amin shekabalat Rabbeinu Ariza bichlala hi kulami pi Eliyahu. So the Vilna Gaon is saying, I don't... He didn't believe that all of the words of the Arizal came from Eliyahu Anavi. Right? All the Mikwalim, they believe he had a Gilu Eliyahu. He, or Eliyahu Anavi revealed himself to uh, the Arizal. However, only a few things here and there came from Eliyahu Anavi. But the rest came from his own chokhmah, his own wisdom. So therefore, what does this do? 
pretty much Hamubadi is saying is that this converts the Arizal from being, you know, because he has the Gilo Eliyahu, all the way down to a regular Posek. Because since majority of his words are not from Eliyahu Navi, therefore we have to, you know, treat him like a regular Posek. And therefore his, his opinion is going to be Batel against Rov Rishonim or Rov Poskim. Right, and therefore he goes against the Benishai who writes, right, even though we say Safi Berachot, this is I mentioned in the name of Rabbi Tzuna Bashaul, but the Benishai as well, even though we say Safi Berachot Negin Maran, however, when it's the Arizal, we, 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 we should say the Beracha, we don't say Safi Berachot. Right, he says, says Rav Ovadia, very strong words, you know, he got in trouble for these when he was younger. These words of the Benishai don't seem like this is the Halakha, right? We should say that there's a doubt if we should recite this blessing against Arizal. Mistake here. But unless there is the only time we don't say Safek Berachot. So this is how Hamovadia pretty much is, is allowing himself to recite this Beracha. Is if the Minhag already spread through Am Yisrael, then we continue saying the Beracha. Which is a very interesting point because we saw, for example, Rav Yehuda Barceloni, remember above, he mentioned that yes, even though everybody is making a hefsek and adding piyutim in the Berachot of Shema, I don't care. Ta'ut. It's a mistake and they should retract. Hamubadi is saying, no, it's a, the, the minhag was poshet and therefore everybody does it, so therefore you continue doing the Beracha. The only problem with this is that, in my opinion, is that the minhag itself spread. Why? Because of the Arizal. If it wasn't for the Arizal, and the Chida really pushing it that this, this concept, the Beracha wouldn't have spread to all Sephardi lands. So therefore, why should, how could it be that it's like circular reasoning? You know, oh, we say this, uh, we say, we say this Beracha because that's the Minhag, but we don't say, but we do say something Beracha negative Arizal, when the only reason why the Beracha was pushed was because of, <laughs> because the Arizal pushed for it. So therefore, it's very hard. And Hamovadia, they try, he has other attempts as uh, I shouldn't say attempts, who am I to say that? But he says, for example, he brings down other sniff uh, lehakel, other reasons to be lenient. For example, he brings down the Machzor Vitri or the Talmudim of Rashi. They say that for the Berachot of Bikat HaShachar, Hahamim themselves allowed you to make more Berachot. Again, that goes against the Rambam. It goes against the Beit Yosef. But that's, uh, that's what he's using. He also uses the Bach, tries to say that perhaps the Geonim had a different Girsa in the Gemara that had Hanoten Laev Koach in their Girsa. But again, that's also hard because none of the Rishonim mention it and they don't mention this Beracha. It's a much later Beracha. Uh, or none of the, sorry, none of the main Rishonim or early Geonim mention this Beracha. So therefore, it's very hard to believe that. So, okay, that's Anotin Lafkoah. Again, ask your local Orthodox rabbi if you should make the Beracha or not. Fine. Baruch She'amar Vishtabach. I don't know. I don't know. We have a couple more minutes. It's okay, guys. Yeah. Vote. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this is a very fascinating concept. I'm working on a little tissue on this right now. Um, everybody knows we, we, we recite Pesukah de Zimra, and we say Baruch Shemar, the Beracha in the beginning, and at the end we do Yishtabach. So it's, if you look at the Gemarot, it's not so clear that there's even a Beracha for it. right? The, the Beracha of Baruch Shemar, Yishtabach, is, it's, it's not anywhere to be found in the Gemara. For example, this is a source in the Gemara in Shabbat. Amar Halki Halel Bechol Yom. He says, Rabbi Yossi said, you know, it should be my portion, like I should give reward that every day I finish the Halel. The Gemara says, Halel, you're not allowed to say Halel outside of when Hachamim said you're allowed to say it. So therefore he says, no, I meant Pesuket de Zimra. Right, so when Rabbi Yossi is saying, I should get rewarded 
you know, halavai, I should be rewarded because I'm saying the halal, which means I'm saying psukah de zimra every day, which simply means, it sounds like it's not something that everybody would do. It wasn't such a common thing, right? So therefore, how do you have a beracha for it? Let's see. And what is this? It's a whole machluk. What does this mean, psukah de zimra? So Rashi says, it's the two mizmurim uh, of, hal- of, of, of the halalukas. And then the riff says, no, it's ashrei, all the way to the fe- the end of the of the of the tehillim, the rosh, the rosh brings down a question from Rav Amram Gaon. You come late to Beit Knesset. What do you do? So he says, the main thing you should do. What do you have to skip? What should you skip? He says, skip everything except Asha Why? Because the whole Pesukah de Zimra was it came from it evolved from the fact that the Gemara says Kol Anybody who says Ashrei every day, sometimes there's other girsah that says Pamaim, you say twice a day, forget the exact girsah, but anybody who says Ashrei every day, they get to share in the next world. And because he says, Ve'agav oto mizmor, this is what Amram Gaon is saying, since based off of that, uh, uh, of this Ma'amar of Chazal, therefore they established to say Tehilim, to finish the whole Tehilim, and also to make the Berachot of uh, Baruch Shemar and Mishtabach. The Rambam, if you look at the Rambam, it's very weird Lashon as well. He says, the Chachamim praised those who read Tehillim every day, which is what uh, we, we saw above in the Gemara, that Rabbi Yossi says, it should be my, my portion in Olam Abba. So again, it's only, it sounds like it's just like a nice Midat Hasidut to do Tehillim every day, to say this uh, Halel, which is the Tzuka de Zimra. Right? And he, then he says, though, Right, he says. Oh, the Rambam also before that he says we added certain already kavad nahagul ikrot pesukim lifneim ulacharim. We added certain uh, or there's a custom to add other pesukim before and after, which we all do nowadays if you open up any sidur. And then he says that hahamim established the beracha before and afterwards. So if you look, open up Rav Sadia Gaon in his sidur, he brings down katav hitna deva umnaten ulikro mizmorim misverat tishpachot akidusha bar. I'm not sure if I copied and pasted right. So he's saying, he's saying, we, we not forcefully or not obligatedly uh, uh, saying the, say these things, rather we gifted ourselves, I forgot, dedicated, uh, there's probably a better word, I just can't think of it right now. We dedicated ourselves to say these things and to recite these berachot. So from Rav Sadi Agon, it sounds like, again, it was just a minhag to say Baruch Shamar. And it was a later post-Talmudic Beracha. The Or Zarua as well. Oh, the Or Zarua, it gets on a more Kabbalistic interpretation, is that, you know, that the Pitka Nafal Mine Shamaim, this is very famous. It says, no, there was a certain uh, letter that fell from Shamaim, a script that fell from Shamaim, and it had the words of Baruch Shamar, the actual Nosach, the Beracha, Baruch Shamar, and it had 87 words exactly, and therefore you're not allowed to change it. Right? This is what most of the modern Sidurim of the Eduta Mizrach, they have the 87 word Baruch She'amar, they don't change it. However, the question with this is that the, all the early Rishonim and Geonim, they don't have 87 words in the Baruch She'amar. You open up the Rambam, he has a different one. You open up the old Moroccan Sidurim, they have special things you would add for Shabbat and Yom Tov and different things. They didn't have that same Nusach. So again, and again the, the, the big problem too is that it's not mentioned anywhere in Shas, the Baruch She'amar and Yishtabach. And the Prihadash, he says like this, so he says, 
ומהטימה על הראש, שזה טימה גבי ברכות פדיון הבן, ובכאן הודה להם, נמי להם, וצריך עיון. פרי חדש, he's also shocked, how can after the ceiling of the Gemara, the Geonim enacted Baruch Sheamar, these new Berachot, right, and he's shocked by the Rosh, who had a problem with the Beracha, the Pidyon Aben that we mentioned, but again, we saw the Yamsho Shlomo also had a problem that he had the whole Beracha for the Bitulim, so it's very confusing what's going on here. The Talmudim and Rabbi Yonah as well, we don't have time for this, but they also hold down, hold that it was a Takana of the Geonim that came later on. So, Again, do I, I don't really have an answer for Harambam, how he, how he would defend this, because the Rambam seemingly, like we saw in the first halacha in Kirat Shema, Berachot of Kirat Shema, he held that you're not allowed to add or remove any Berachot. So we have two questions on really Rambam. Birkat Shabbat, Lalik Nershel Shabbat. How did he allow that to be said? And number two, Baruch Shemar Yishtabach. There could be others. I'm just not uh, familiar with. If anybody wants to send me them, that'd be great. But these are two strong Berachot that are seemingly post-Talmudic, and nevertheless, the Ramam does codify them. And just to make it a little further, I found in Rabbeinu Avram ben Aramam, he has a Teshuvah, and uh, they, he talks about certain Berachot as well, and he says, any Beracha that is not, uh, he, he says like this, e, lo these Berachot were not mentioned in the Talmud, and even though it's mentioned in Sidurim of the Geonim, of Amram Gaon, etc., it's a mistake of the sofer, the guy who wrote the sidur, or chacham, or the wise person himself, the Torah scholar, or chazan, it's forbidden to say these berachot. He's saying, we can't add more berachot, and it's forbidden to say these berachot. So you see clearly, of course, we know the Rabbin Avram and Rambam, 90% of the time, I could be 95, 98% of the time, he went with the shita of his father, which is very similar. The, the Rashi as well, you know, a lot of... Uh, the Moroccans, we say every night, or some say only on Motzei Shabbat, Yiru Enenu. There's a whole thing that you add at the end, right before the Arvit of Shabbat, uh, of Motzei Shabbat, or the Arvit of every night. I think Ashkenazim say it also, no? He says, the Yiru Enenu. So the Rashi himself, he writes, he says, he brings uh, the, the Rash, that Vira Enenu asule Omra. You're not allowed to say it. You can't say it at all. Since it's not mentioned in the in the Talmud, it's a berachalevatela. Although Tosafot have a whole thing why you could say it, and it's all Geula Richtahi. Everybody knows that famous Tosafot in the beginning of Berachot. Nevertheless, Rashi is saying you're not allowed to say it. The Meiri has a whole shot of why perhaps that the Geonim can add Berachot, um, but we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, even though he seemingly holds like not like that, so it's it's not so clear. Why we have certain berachot? I'm going to stop sharing my uh, screen. Yeah, it's not so pashut. Why the these berachot are in the the in the Rambam? And of course, we have we have many stirot that we need to work on. I'm not here to give you solutions. I saw some solution. For example, the stirot in, for example, Maran himself. He says you make the berachan birkat betulim. But then regarding Hanoten he says not to say that beracha. So how do you how do you answer these? The Rosh himself, he said, you don't do the beracha for the pidyon aben, but they say no, he does say to do the birkat of the bitulim. There's certain they, they, there's a lot, some achrin they try to answer it up. They're very hard to answer these different stirot. Hamuvadi himself, how does he answer? How do you say the minhag? Like I mentioned, it's circular reasoning. The only thing for the Rambam, just thinking out loud with you guys, is perhaps is that you know the sidurim, like the Rashba mentioned, the Rashba mentioned that we don't really have so much in Shas itself, the Talmud, of what the Sidur and what the Nusach is. 
However, perhaps it really was in the Sidur, and it was the official Nusakh. We just kind of, you know, it, it, it got lost. It got lost in, in, in transmission, and therefore some Geonim had these Berachot, other Geonim didn't have these Berachot. And the Rambam believed that Pashut, and that's why I, I, I mentioned at the end of that, the Beracha, the Rambam for Ner Shabbat, he writes down that you have to make the Beracha for Shabbat, just like you have to do for any mitzvah de Rabbanan. So perhaps, you know, the Rambam held for sure that this must be in the original uh, Takanot of the Anshikinis of the Gedola. But regarding the other Berachot of Maran, I don't have a good answer for that. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much, Chacham. That was amazing. Um, we'll open the floor to some uh, questions, comments. Um, if you have anything, you can raise your hand or unmute yourself. I think I'm doing bad. Both shooting, no questions after. I'll actually start. Um, well, why can't we say? Why can't we say that Rambam, when he says that, um, he's talking about the words themselves of the bracha, not about how many brachot you can add after. Or, but I mean, and it makes sense in the halakha itself. He's talking about ending, like the way you end the bracha, the wording, not more brachot, and that would solve all our problems. That would, that definitely would solve a lot of problems. Um, the problem is, is that it's true. It, that, that paragraph, you're in Hilchot Kriyat Shema, right? If you just read it without the second part, it sounds like it's going off of all the Berachot. All the Berachot that Ezra and the Beidin enacted, you can't add or delete from them. Makom shitu, but you're right. But then the Sefer, bring, he explains it. Makom shit, so it, it, you're right. If the way I was saying, it should have been a little better to write, vimakom shit kinu, like a different uh, above, add above there. I hear what you're saying, and that's definitely a good reading. I also was saying it like that too before I was saying this, but I, I saw even... that they're learning that no, he's talking about adding or deleting. And on top of it, I saw Rabinu, the, you, you have, you saw the Yamsha Shlomo, but again, you can't, that's different post scheme. But Rabinu Ava Minaram, and that's why I brought that at the end. That I found clear. There's another place I found that somebody wanted to make. Uh, they asked Rabbi Ravam and Rambam about making a beracha at nighttime for Kirachma Alamita. But uh, of course, we do make the beracha, but another type of beracha. And he said, we're not allowed to add after post Hamudic berachot. So the sheet that the Rabbi Ravam and Rambam, I'm trying to like, you know, stim that into the Rambam as well. I saw that's a good way to learn it. But uh, a lot of Akronim I saw, they're not learning it like that. They're learning that you can't add or delete from them. But you're right. That's a good good point. Good point. And it would fit in with his words on the Birkata Bitula, because the only reason why he says that it's a problem is because it's disgusting, not because it's post-Almudic. Oh, very good. Ah, you listen well. There's actually two different girsaot in that uh, in that beracha. In sorry, in that uh, Tishuvah. In the Tishuvah, there's another nusach that makes it look like um where let me see if I can where was it again? Uh Perador. Yeah, oh. So there's another nusach in the Teshuvah of the Rambam. He says, They add in like, a, or they add another Lashon there to make it two separate things. So the, the other gear side is more clear. It's or the way I would, at least I was saying is that it's a Berachal Levatala for sure. And then why? First of all, it's a Berachal Levatala because it's not from the Geonim or not from the Talmud. And then it's also the Varmigune. He's just adding that as well. But uh, I hear the way your Duke, your Duke is very nice. You learned in a good yeshiva, I could tell. <laughs> we went to the same yeshiva. 
Yeah. Okay, I think we have some questions in the chat. Okay. Okay, which one do we all the way from the beginning? Uh, where can I find it? Ah, thank you, Sina. Um, what we said, the Pilotikim, yes, Rav Amar Gaon, Rav Sadi Gaon, they wrote Sidurim, you're right, the communities. HS Rav Amram Gaon Sidur is more, uh, what I heard is that's closer, the Ashkenazi Sidur is closer to Rav Amram Gaon Sidur. Chabad say Nershel Shabbat Kodesh, interesting. So that's, uh, okay, they have the Rashba to rely on to change a little bit of the Nusach, and of course not according to Rambam. Um, What's the connection between candles and Shalom Bayit? Simply that if you have light, you know, you're going to enjoy your food. You're not going to get into fight. You're not going to, you know, uh, get lost in your way. Um, more to discuss about that. Um, where we say the saying. Oh, any other examples where we have a mitzvah de Rabbanan, where we say that saying the Berachah is only a minhag. Um, any other examples? There is a whole machloket about building a ma'aka, a ma'ake around your house. Did you make a beracha on that or not? Um, that is a halacha. And the beracha itself, I forgot. I think the Rambam does not bring it down, or the Shulchan Aruch does bring it down. I have to look into that. Um, but just, I have to, it's a good question. Anybody can uh, can chime in if they want and they know stuff. Um, I'm, I'm primarily asking the question because Rav Vadi doesn't like making brachot on minhagim. He was saying, well, it's, a, it's not minhag, it's a halakha, but the bracha is a minhag. I'm trying to kind of understand the difference in my mind that I'm struggling. Uh-huh. You know, that's why he doesn't make the bracha, he says you shouldn't make the bracha on halal, because it's a minhag. But we're saying there is a, there is a, a chiyuv of doing whatever the, the action is. But actually, the, the 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 bracha is only a minhag, and I and I'm I can think of no other examples where we say oh, we have a minhag of making a bracha, but perhaps there are others. Right. I mean, their Chanukah in the Beit Knesset, that's a minhag as well, and they make a bracha. Yeah, yeah, but the but the action is a minhag. The action is here. Minhag. We're saying the action is a, is a chiyuv, but the bracha is a minhag. So it's not the same thing. Uh, you're saying only when there's a chiyuv. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry, good, good, good questions. Uh, oh, Spanish Portuguese do not say Okay, good to know. Okay, uh, weren't Maran and Ari contemporary in Sfat? Yes, they were. Oh, yeah, okay, you guys are answering that. That seems still very Okay, beautiful. The Gra posted so Ashkenazi and Israel who follow don't say right exactly. The Gra, the Gaon de Vilna as well did not say Hanotin Um. How could people say such things about following a Rizal Psak because he had Ruach HaKodesh when Hazal are so clear about Loba Shemaimhi and the status of Nevoach? Right. So that's a good question. <laughs> Rav Yaakov Hillel has a whole thing about, you know, why we don't say Loba Shemaimhi negate Ariza. If you want, I wrote a Tishuba on this, uh, trying to argue with uh, Rav Yaakov Hillel on this. And, but they pretty much, their claim is that <laughs> since Eliyahu, it's Gilu Eliyahu is different than Loba Shemaimhi. Right? When Eliyahu comes and tells you something, that is not Loba Shamaimhi anymore because you have a physical person telling you something. But the question with that is that <laughs> Eliyahu got it from Shamaim. <laughs> so therefore, you know, it's kind of, again, circular reasoning. So, but that's, uh, they, they have a whole limud on this, that Arizal is Loba Shamaim because it's Gilu Eliyahu and they make a chiluk between Gilu Eliyahu and, and uh, 
you know, a bat call. Bat call is very, from the Gemara, it's talking about a bat call, this heavenly voice that comes from somewhere. Mashin can hear Gilu Yahu is different. But again, uh, I don't really uh, follow that uh, either. Isn't it said that every mitzvah has a beracha? What does this mean if practice of Rabbanim do not give a beracha for a mitzvah? Right. Right. That, that's probably, that. that's what you're saying is that probably the shita of the Rambam is that's why the Rambam felt perhaps to make the beracha near, near Shabbat because since the mitzvah, of course, you have so much uh, content on it in, in, in the Gemara and Shabbat. So for sure, there would be a beracha for it. And p- perhaps that would follow anywhere. But uh, I, I don't know any other sources off the top of my head where the Rambam would hold not to make a beracha. It's a good uh, good question. Again, this is just to... Uh, but surely we have many cases where we don't make a bracha, like giving tzedakah, we don't make a bracha on giving tzedakah. There are many right, mitzvot. Right. Right, it's not the case that 100% of mitzvot have a bracha. Right, but there's a chiyuvim that should have a beracha. Like you would think, you know, why not make a beracha? Why would Chazal not make a beracha for Ner Shabbat? Right? Why not? For Sedaka, there's all these reasons all the posts can give. And before you do Kibbut Ave'im, the other posts can the, the Rashbah. Everybody deals with these, why we don't make Berachot for that. So I guess the, the, the question is, is that do we have to just find it somewhere in Shas, the mention of this Berachot, and then we could say it? Or is it no, we have certain reasoning, and then that we apply, we ourselves, the Poskim, the Rishonim, the Rambam itself, he applies. These uh, you know, these reasonings, and he tells us when to make the beracha or not, and pashut that there would be a beracha for something like Ner Shabbat. I mean, you have to say that because I mean, Rav Kafech, imagine he was the biggest Talmid uh, Mufak of the Rambam. He dedicated his whole life to Rambam. He wrote the biggest perush on the Rambam more than anybody that ever written, you know. And he still, nevertheless, says that the beracha for Shabbat was a geonic takana. So it's, he's seemingly arguing with you know what the Rambam is saying, but uh, unless unless. You know, we learned that there are somehow we have to learn the Rambam differently. We have to take maybe Oad's Diuk uh, in the Rambam and that maybe the Rambam would be okay with post-Talmudic Berachot. He just didn't like that Beracha of the, the Bitulim because that sounds, uh, it's disgusting and we don't really want to praise, you know, the Bitulim or the concept of, you know, oh, you got a virgin. So uh, this is again food for thought. And uh, we just tipped, uh, this is just information that I've collected over the years. And just, you know, brought it into a source page for you guys. But again, you know, it's the Yam Shil Torah. It's uh, just at, at the tip of it. Right. Other berachot of the Geonim are invalid. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, again, we have to say that the Raman perhaps felt that it could be a, a mitzvah de or a, 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 a berachah that was instituted by the Hachamin. It's just the Gemara didn't talk about it, but it's still there. Yeah. It, it goes back to what I said that the Rambam... He, he felt that there is one correct nosach of the Sidur. And we have to try our best to find that one nosach. Whereas, you know, the Mikubalim, they changed the nosach. You know, uh, the Rizal changed many different things in the nosach of the Tefillah. Uh, whereas the Rambam held, you know, there's one, you know, there's other pr- approach that has, no, each Shevet had their own Tefillah. But that's that's hard, really. I think the Khatam Sofer has a whole thing on that, saying it's hard to really to understand that because, you know, we have Kwanim, we have Levi nowadays. And they're, you know, they don't have a different nosach, you know, what happened with that. But, uh, yeah, Sarih Yom. Whether or not it was a brach over something that Hazal had decreed or not. Can you expand upon that? Sorry. Oh, you're talking about Isaac. Oh, oh not Isaac. Oh, yeah. Isaac also, sorry. <laughs> Mechila. Okay. All guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Thank you so much, Chacham. Right. It was an incredible shoot. We're excited to have you 
many more times with us. And I'm sure the discussion will uh, continue and uh, everyone can also continue the discussion on the, our Discord. Uh, the Chacham is on there, so you can have direct contact with him. And uh, everyone, thank you so much. Have a good one.